Hi-ho, Tudor-minded people. It's Philadelphia Carrie for Tudor Time Machine. Today's word of the week is nipabung. When my favorite asks me for some money, I refuse him and say, I would rather you nipabung than give you a pence. Is that one word, Philadelphia? No, it's three. Nip, N-I-P, ah, ah, and bung. B-U-N-G. But I like to say it very fast so it sounds like one word. Nipabung. <laughs> All righty then. How now, Tudor Files? What think you? If you're new here, I'm Gage. I'm Jessica, and this is Tudor Word of the Week with Tudor Time Machine. And the word, or in this case, the phrase, is nipabung. Which means to steal a purse. Or that's what it meant in the 16th century. And while nipabung means to steal a purse, the individual words have lots of meanings. Right, because nip at that time could mean to grab your attention. If you were a tutor, you might say, this music nips at me. I really like that. You can more or less get it from the context. Or nip could mean upsets me. The news nips at me. I like that too. I wish nip had not gone out of use. It's an amazing word. And I think it's also meant sip, like I'll have a sip of brandy. And of course, a dog can nip at your ankle. And we still use nip that way. And in England, actually, the word bung is still used to mean to toss or throw, as in bung me my book, old chap. Old chap. No one says that anymore. I know. I just like it. Now they probably say bung me my book, mate. I just don't love the word bung. I don't love the sound of it. You prefer nip to bung. Yes. Just the word bung could mean a pickpocket, but we're using the phrase nip a bung. And our example is from The Roaring Girl by Thomas Middleton. And Thomas Decker. There was a lot of collaboration among playwrights at this time. And The Roaring Girl was this collaboration and it was performed in 1611. And it was an incredible comedic success. It was based on the life of a real life London woman, Mary Firth. And Mary Firth was known in London, particularly for the fact that she dressed as a man and that she loved to sing and make music. And she was sort of a real London celebrity. And they named her Maul in the play. And Maul can be almost a nickname for Mary, like Molly is definitely a nickname for Mary, So, but then Maul has other meanings as well. Maul at the time could mean a prostitute, or Maul could mean the female sidekick of a male thief or a male gangster. And actually, they still used that word or used the word in that way for quite some time. Maul is a sort of Robin Hood type. She uses her knowledge of pickpocketing and fencing on the black market to help people who are being wronged by not being allowed to live the way that they would want to live. She's using her wiles against tyrannical parents and priests and sheriffs, although she also did many unsavory things. And Maul is sort of anti-establishment, essentially. 
she's always defying convention. And of course, this is based on the real Mary Firth, who was also always defying convention. I read that Mary Firth came to one of the performances of this incredibly popular play, The Roaring Girl, and she sat on the stage and she sang and did some repartee back and forth with the actors. She came dressed as a man. And there's some speculation that this was actually the first time that a woman appeared on the London stage in that capacity. Can you imagine if you were in the audience when she showed up, you'd be like, I was there that night. She was so well known in London at the time. In the play, she turns out to be a very solid person and a very kind person. And the play has the kind of don't judge a person by their reputation aspect to it. Which is interesting because in this section, we have a little conversation between Maul and another character named Ralph Trapdoor, whose name is very much indicative of the kind of person he is because he's been hired to entrap Maul. He suggests they do all kinds of thieving and other bad behavior. And he's basically getting trying to get her to agree to this so that he can essentially blackmail her. So Trapdoor says, shall you and I heave a booth, milliken or nip a bung, and then we'll couch a hogshead under the roughmans and there you shall whap with me and I'll niggle with you. And Maul replies, out, you damned impudent rascal. <laughs> Maul is not going to nip a bung with him or niggle or whap. <laughs> so it is a play that directly confronts our expectations of people and their behavior. And for a London audience at that time, it also would have been interesting to know the sort of stories about the real Mary Firth. The playwrights are sort of challenging what the audience's idea of that particular individual might be, too. So it's very interesting. And the language is not Shakespeare. It's it's very full of expressions that you imagine people were really using on the street in London at the time. Not that Shakespeare doesn't use those expressions too, but this play is really what I think of as like a city comedy. It really is of its time and moment. And it's a terrific play and very interesting. I've never seen it. And I would love to see it. And if any of you Tudor files have gotten the chance to see us, let us know. Write a review. Tell us what you thought. Yeah, we'd love to hear your opinion. And try to use our phrase, nip a bung this week. Say, please do not nip a bung my purse as you sit on the subway. <laughs> and join us next time when Philadelphia Carey surprises us with a new Tudor word. I'm very surprising. Join us. Join us.